Welcome to the Immigrant Entrepreneurs Podcast, Episode 4. My name is Alina, and today I have a great honor to bring on JP Piccinini onto my show. He's got some solid advice for all of us immigrants out there, and I'm really excited to share his story with you. JP came to the U.S. from Naples, Italy with his family while his father was in the Italian Air Force at 13 years old. In this episode, JP explains how he was set out to be an engineer after college, but came to real estate through a newspaper ad. JP started JP and Associates Realtors from zero in 2011 and came close to $2 billion in sales in five years thus creating one of the top 100 and fastest growing real estate brokerages in the U.S. Let's dive right in and hear his immigrant entrepreneurial journey. Thank you so much, JP, for coming on to this call. I really appreciate you taking your time. How are you today? I'm fantastic, Alina. Thank you for having me on the show. Always an exciting time talking. Awesome, awesome. So let's start from the very, very beginning. Tell us a little bit about your immigrant journey. Where did you come from and when did you come to the States? Well, I uh, immigrated from Naples, Italy, and uh, I came here when I was 13 years old. My father was in the Italian Air Force, and uh, I like to refer to as uh, he got the proverbial Willy Wonka golden ticket to come to the United States. Uh, not very many Italian sergeants uh, get to travel uh, or live abroad. So my father just happened to be one of those guys. And uh, I was 13 years old. None of us spoke any English whatsoever. None. I don't even know what they were thinking when they sent my father over to uh, to the United States. And uh, it wasn't just the United States. I mean, it wasn't like New York or L.A. or some big city. It was Wichita Falls, Texas, <laughs> which is two hours north of Dallas. I remember looking at the encyclopedia and old maps, and it looked like it was in the middle of the desert. My grandpa <laughs> was frantic about, you're moving my, my daughter and my grandkids to the de- middle of the desert. You know, he wasn't very happy with my father. <laughs> uh, we, of course, typical Italian nucleus, right? Everybody lived in the same building, all the kids and uh, everything else and, and, uh, and whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, we did it. And uh, I don't know how we did it to this day, to be honest with you. Your father was working for the military? Yeah, the Italian Air Force. Got it, got it. Yep, the Italian Air Force, and uh, uh, he was attached to NATO. So what's uh, why Shepherd Air Force Base, why Wichita Falls? Because in Wichita Falls, in the middle of nowhere, has a uh, uh, NATO-European joint jet training pilot group. So every NATO pilot comes to the United States and trains on American jets on fighter pilot school. So my father was here helping Italian pilots come in here and learning the jets and whatnot. So it's a great opportunity for all of us. I was a freshman in high school, and uh, little would I know that uh, through the challenges, I, I never actually went back to Italy. So we uh, we had to learn our way of of life, and somehow we all assimilated, or at least I assimilated. My parents are not living back in Italy. Uh, but, uh, you know, it wasn't a couple of years later that I considered myself an American kid, and I chose not to go back to Italy and, and start college here in Wichita Falls. So you guys had no family, no friends, no one here? None. None. Tell me a little bit about the struggles that you guys had to go through when you first immigrated to the States. 
Well, uh, you know, Alina, I know you're Russian, right? And, uh, yes. Uh, your culture is wonderful and very family oriented as well. The first thing was just being away from everybody, you know, your friends, your family. Having, I literally grew up in a, in a compound, I refer to, where my uncles and aunts were next door, my cousins next door, above <laughs> yes. me, below me. Yes. You know, everybody in the same <laughs> building. So, uh, you know, Sunday dinners, you know, my grandpa's house. It was, uh, it was, you know, special times, obviously. We took it for granted back then. But now, gosh, I look back to that. I feel so fortunate to have been mm-hmm. and grow up in that environment. Um, and uh, so that was, that was obviously the first thing. My mother uh, missed her family. And, you know, my father had no idea how to communicate with people other than the Italian detachment that was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wichita Falls is not exactly the most cultural city. So, you know, you think about a, a town that's stuck between Oklahoma and Texas, two hours north of Dallas. Uh, it's, uh, we didn't have the basic needs that, that we were accustomed to, like, you know, pasta by <laughs> Skinner, Skinner pasta was the only pasta that was at the store. I and mean, if you ever go to a store in Italy, I mean, there's aisles and aisles of it's comparable to our chips and cereal aisles mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a culture shock without a doubt. I mean, forget about the fact that I was a freshman in high school and I didn't know a thing of what everybody was saying or how to get around or what the teachers were teaching me or what my homework was going to be like. Uh, you know, it was just, uh, I, I'm just, to this day, I'm just, I'm floored at in a day where social media wasn't around and Google wasn't around and I have no idea how we got around, you know, but again, if you look back at a hundred years before that, our, our ancestors did it right. And right. they had the same challenges. So, uh, I'm not saying that it was, uh, coming off a boat cause we came off an airplane, but it was pretty, uh, you know, we had job, my, my father had a job and, you know, we had a roof over our head. I grew up in suburbia, Wichita Falls. So a little three bedroom house. You know, we went from from a, a two bedroom, one bath, nine hundred square foot condo in very urban Naples mm-hmm. to sprawling suburbia of Texas, not sprawling, but suburbia, small town of Texas. You know, in a three bedroom, two bath, you know, eighteen hundred square foot house with a yard. So mm-hmm. none of us knew what to do with it. You know, we didn't even know how to cut the grass. <laughs> you know, how, how to cut grass? How to go to the grocery store? The store? What food meant? You know, <laughs> mom was looking for the basic needs to cook and, you know, it was challenging. You know, bologna mm-hmm. was different. Uh, uh, sausage was different. Everything tastes so different. Awesome. So before you tell our listeners about how you opened your company, tell me a little bit about your path that you took. Did you try going into any other fields before starting your business? Yeah, just like every entrepreneur, right? You, you go right. to college and you graduate from college and you know exactly what you're going to do and you're going to start your business and you go on straight line, straight to success, right? No, it was, it was far from it. Uh, my parents went back to Italy, as I said. I graduated. My parents went back. I enrolled at uh, Midwestern State University, which is a little state college in Wichita Falls, uh, because that's really all I knew. You know, that, that to me was uh, home. Um, I still had, I made friends. I had a girlfriend. So for me, going back to Italy was, was just not, not on the ticket. So I enrolled and uh, I chose engineering. I thought it was a good opportunity for me to be able to get hired after college, uh, kind of stand out a little bit from everybody else. So I chose a difficult degree, made a lot of amazing friends, learned a lot. I uh, got into a fraternity and uh, it really moved up the leadership of the fraternity. So my family became my fraternity in college. So never really mm-hmm. had a had a lonesome feeling because I always had a lot of my fraternity brothers and I lived on, in the house and, and it was great. I mean, amazing memories and friends made in college. And, uh, you know, there's, there's times where lady luck does kiss you, uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, on the cheek and said, you know, kid, let me see what you can do. And, 
you know, graduating from college and not necessarily, you know, having a visa because I was on uh, F1 visa as, as a uh, student. And then uh, I uh, went to OPT visa for a year, you know, for a chance to get hired. So I, I wasn't, my, my status in the United States wasn't permanent. Mm-hmm. So uh, I graduated with an uh, engineering degree and this aerospace company in Wichita Falls uh, interviewed me. And so luck would have it, the company's largest client was Fiat Avio uh, in the aerospace. They, they had a joint venture with General Aircraft, General Electric Aircraft Engines making gas turbine engines. And they needed an engineer. Uh, they wanted an engineer. I graduated with manufacturing engineer, got into aerospace. And uh, when they heard that I spoke Italian, they pounced on it. <laughs> so, so I was that rare gem for them. You know, some kid from Wichita Falls that, you know, has an engineering degree that can speak Italian. It was, <laughs> it was gold for them. Yeah. So uh, I know it sounds too good to be true. And so at 21 years old, I went to work uh, for uh, GE Aircraft Engines, essentially, and Fiat Avio in Wichita Falls. And, you know, I was a young engineer. And uh, God, what an amazing job that was for, for a 21-year-old. I hated every minute of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Uh, but uh, it was, it was honestly, could not have asked for a better position because it really taught me that corporate mentality, that corporate methodology. You know, and I was an immigrant. I knew that I had to, only had a year, basically, if I didn't prove myself that, you know, they could fire me. They could send me back to, to, um, sorry, back to Italy and, you know, I'd be completely, completely grounded. So I had to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. So I worked my butt off. As an engineer, I, I traveled a lot with for Fiat, and they really liked me. And I was fortunate enough for them to ex- extend the uh, H-1B visa for me. So uh, worked for that company for about uh, really essentially eight years. And uh, 9-11 hit. I was in the aerospace uh, sector. 9-11 hit. Uh, I didn't. There wasn't a whole lot going on in the aerospace sector. Mm-hmm. So I started looking. I was married. I had a little girl bought a house. I was looking for, for things to do. What could be my next thing? And uh, the next thing really in my mind uh, was out of all the options that were out there for me to do that at 28 years old that I uh, thought I would be well, doing well at was real estate. So I got my real estate license, quit uh, the engineering world, got my real estate license, gave myself six months to see what that would be like. If not, I knew I was confident I was able to get another job. By then I had a green card. I was married and you know, I wasn't necessarily relying on sponsorship of visas or anything. I fell in love with real estate. I, I did really well as uh, as an engineer. If I can interrupt just real quick. Yeah. So you're sitting and you're thinking of what should I do next? And the very first thing that comes to your mind is real estate. No, not quite that. <laughs> no, no. Good, th- good question. No, I was doing engineering and I was bored with it. I knew I was ready for, for a challenge or for something different. And... Uh, what uh, really came about was uh, I was looking for other other engineering jobs, other uh, career changes, anything that, that really resonated with my skills and what I love doing. I knew that I didn't want to be a 40-year-old engineer sitting in a cubicle uh, working <laughs> for somebody else. You know, that, that for sure I knew that I didn't want. And uh, I pulled up the Sunday newspaper, looked at there was a real estate career fair, and I jumped on it. I jumped at the opportunity. I went to the career fair, and uh, they told me all about real estate, the potential of you know, unlimited income, earning, flexible schedule, and uh, I give it a shot. The good old days with the newspaper. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the newspaper on Sunday. And this was 2004, 2005, pre-housing crash. Wow. 
So uh, everybody was was doing great in real estate. Everybody was getting into real estate, right? It's amazing, mm-hmm. amazing job, and amazing career. My friends that I had at the time were were in it. They were doing really well. So uh, I gave it a shot. I, you know, I I gave myself six months, knowing that you know if they didn't work, that uh, I could you know essentially uh, go find another job somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. get, get get right back in. The job market was hot. You know, it was a great time. In, any economy and whatnot. So, I uh, I gave myself uh, you know six months and to be honest with you, I fell in love with it. So I went from engineering junior executive to uh, a realtor to selling homes. Wow. I can tell you, everybody was freaking out. Everybody thought I lost my marbles. Right. <laughs> you know, I had kids uh, at the time. We had a three year old and a one year old. Mortgage payment, so much, so much. Uh, uh, a stake. And, uh, you know, I guess that because I had so much at stake, because I had so much anxiety of the career and making sure it was the right decision, I really went to work and rolled out my sleeve as, as, an in- as a uh, realtor. I did really well. Within three years, I was the number one agent in my market. I had a team. Uh, I was selling more real estate than anybody else in my market. So it, uh, I fell in love with it. And so how long after that you opened up your company? I became the number one agent in my market. I, uh, you know, was ready for the next challenge. And uh, to be honest with you, the next challenge was, I want to start my own brokerage. So in 2011, I uh, uh, decided that I was planning on buying a franchise uh, with national brand. Uh, and I thought to myself, something just doesn't feel right. You know, this national brand doesn't necessarily feed my entrepreneur spirit because uh, I felt like it wasn't just what I was looking for as an entrepreneur. So I started JP and Associates Realtors. A lot of people now refer to as JPAR in uh, September of 2011. So that was uh, about uh, seven, eight years after getting my real estate license. And how old were you when you started your company? Uh, you're going to date myself. I think I was, uh, let's see, we're back up. I guess I was uh, 35. 35. So did you prepare yourself in any way, like taking courses or going to events? I know you, t- you went to that one career fair, but did you read uh, books? Did you prepare yourself to start JP and Associates Realtors? No, I mean, I had all the job training. I had sold so many homes. I understood the, the agent business. I was an agent. I understood what it took. So, you know, going from a realtor uh, team leader to uh, really starting the company, it wasn't that difficult. Yeah, I mean, I had to have some some uh, some uh, licensing classes to be the broker in charge and that sort of stuff. But I knew what I was doing. I was pretty good at it. Uh, so, you know, of course, I didn't envision being here today. This wasn't the goal. Uh, you know, today, JPAR operates in 19 states and has 3,200 agents. It's one of Inc. Uh, fastest growing franchises, top 10 wow. fastest growing franchises in the United States and uh, rapidly expanding. So it's America's fastest growing 100% commission brokerage. So, you know, we've wow. done some great things, but uh, I, I certainly didn't think I was going to be here today. Uh, nine years ago when I started this company. The reason why I asked that question is because a lot of people think they want to wait until they get that license or read a bunch of books or, you know, get all these certificates and degrees because as an immigrant, they think that they need that. So yeah. that's that's the reason why I ask is because I, I get to hear a lot of these stories and they're like, no, you really don't need to do that. And no, you're... Really you're just showing proof example of how you just, you know, hustled out there and did some really hard, solid work. And then you decided to 
open up your business. So let's talk a little bit about failures. How do you look at them? How do you overcome them? I just want to hear a little bit about that. Um, well, those, that's failure is always part of the process. I mean, every day, whether you realize it or not, we face failures in business uh, or even personal personal relationships and whatnot. Uh, whether a deal didn't happen or whether somebody told you no, you know, if you're in sales, that failure is just 99% sales, you know. So, um, especially in real estate, we're used to being told no 90% of the times. So, uh, you know, it, to me, it's just a lesson. It just gets you closer to success, gets you closer to that yes. Uh, it's definitely a learning lesson. So, I, I'm not afraid of failure. I just know that's going to happen. I felt plenty of times. And, uh, I'm really confident about myself and knowing that whatever happens, I'll be fine. You know, that's that I'm going to learn a lot from failure. I'm going to, you know, chances are 10 years from now, or maybe I may not understand why uh, I failed or why God has given me that path. But uh, it sure hell, I realize it later on. Every single time I look back and I'm, I'm really thankful. Like, God, I'm really thankful that that didn't happen because, mm-hmm. you know, where I would be today. So I try not to put a, a square peg in a round hole. You know, if it, if it fits, then I go for it. If I'm passionate about it, if it makes sense, I go for it. Um, that's my strategy. So I don't really lose sleep uh, about it. Uh, if mm-hmm. I'm uh, too, you know, if I lose sleep, it's because I'm really excited about it, not because I'm anxious. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Um, let's chat a little bit about successes. You've mentioned some, but before you get to answer the question, I just want to prep you. The reason why I ask about successes is to show the other immigrants that they can do it too. So with that, I'll leave it up to you to share whatever success you would like with our listeners. Oh my gosh. So to all my fellow immigrants, first and foremost, you're given, if you're here in the United States, you're given an opportunity that very few of us have. That is to prove your worth, to be able to, to be a resident of the greatest country in the world where opportunities abound. So please don't be the victim. Please be thankful. Please have a chip on your shoulder the size of, you know, Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, understand that you have a duty in this country to earn your right to be a citizen. And that when you do get to that point, you need to give it back. And success really, to be honest with you, is mastering a skill, learning and being the best that you can be at whatever it is. You know, if you need to go and get a PhD to be the best rocket science out there, then go for it. If you need to get an astrophysicist degree and write dissertations or write books to be the best NASA uh, engineer that could possibly be, then go for it, right? Whatever it is, make sure that you don't necessarily pursue a passion, but you pursue a career. And once that you pursue that career, that you're so passionate about it that you can't stop wanting to learn more and wanting to grow and wanting to get to the next level. For me, that was real estate, right? Mm-hmm. I, just, I, wanted, I, didn't, I wasn't happy being the 500th agent in my market. I want to be the number one agent in the market. I want to be the best agent in my market. You know, that's, that's what drives us at JP and Associates Realtors. You know, we don't want to be like every other franchise. We don't want to be like every other brokerage. We want to be the number one. So let that, let that passion that fuels you because you love your career so much really make us stand out from everybody else. You come from a difficult background. If you're an immigrant, you don't have it as good as the Americans had it when they were born here. I look at my kids and I'm like, you have no idea. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, the problem is probably going to be the kids of the immigrants because we had nothing that we give everything to our kids. So mm-hmm. our kids are going to be a bunch of spoiled brats, right? 
versus, <laughs> versus us. That's usually how right. So that's the best advice I can give my fellow immigrants. Awesome. Did you have any mentors that helped you starting your business or maybe right now where you're at with your business? You know, I've had so many mentors, Alina, uh, whether they knew it or not. I, I sponged off of everybody that I've met that would have any, reached any kind of level of success in the field that I was in. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would study how they would talk. I would study how they would move. I would study how they would work. I would study what they would do. Uh, I would try to befriend them. I would try to get as close to them as possible. Uh, because obviously, if I was sponging off of them, I wanted to be like them. And, and to be honest with you, I still do that. You know, I, I love, uh, I'm in a, in, in a group of G100, the top 100 CEOs in, in the country, and I'm just a member. Uh, definitely not one of the top 100 CEOs in the country. The top one. You'll get there. You'll get there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, you know, I, I love having conversation with Ed Bashkin. You know, the CEO of listening to him, the CEO of Delta. You know, there's so many great guys that that uh, that I can listen in that I'm and I'm sponging. You know, they're not necessarily what you would call a mentor, but mm -hmm. you know, more of a of a speaker, more of a of a, you know of, of somebody that is, inspires me. So I keep sponging off those guys. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. That's so powerful. Um, you know, a lot of immigrants right now are saying that it's so hard to start a business in America. What would you say to that? Well, you know, if you're going to go start a restaurant, it's probably pretty difficult. But if you're going to go start a the home delivery, food delivery business or a, uh, a tent, if you live in New York City, restaurants are not uh, able to dine inside. Everybody has to dine outside. A tent set up business so that restaurants, you know, can set up shop and, and dining outside. Then I would tell you it's a great time to start that business. You know, if you're in the gun business, if you if you make ammo and sell guns, it's a great time to be in that business. <laughs> you know, fact is that's not true. That truth is, fill a need at whatever time in the market that need is, whatever it is, and uh, and just fill the need. Fill give what the consumers want, and you know it'd be a great time to start it. Awesome. Awesome. That's so amazing. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, is giving back either volunteering or giving back in any way something that is part of your business values? Oh, absolutely. The, the brokerage. And now we, we, I mean, I'm the CEO of a private equity a firm called the Suvis Holdings, but JP and Associates Realtors, which is gave us was the caveat for us to be able to, to manage a private equity firm. JP and Associates Realtors values are that of productivity and service. I've always given back. I've always had a soft heart for for kids, so we always look to, to give back. Love immigrants. Uh, we've uh, bought computer labs for uh, immigration uh, uh, schools, uh, camps, and whatever else here in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, like I said earlier, we have a duty to give it back, mm -hmm. and uh, I won't go on record too much. But if I can give back to an immigrant, mm -hmm. uh, but no, we want to help out everybody that we can, and um, you have to give back. You know the 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 secret of success in life is mastering. The purpose of life is giving it away. Whatever you mastered. Awesome. So, go for it. Give it back. And, and the universe will shower you back tenfold. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is Zig Ziglar. This quote says, you can have everything you want in life as long as you help other people get what they want first. Yes. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. So we're going to wrap up with these last super fast questions. Are okay. you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What time do you normally start your day? Varies. I do not have a set schedule in the morning. Okay. No later, <laughs> no later than 830 though. Okay. And um, the next one is normally how many employees do you have, but how many agents do you have? 
Well, we have uh, about 50 full-time employees, and then mm-hmm. we have 3,200 agents. Wow. Which are all Amazing. contractors. Amazing. And then uh, how often do you watch TV in a week? Never. Awesome. How many hours of work do you normally put in? I have no idea. I'm almost working. <laughs> 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 I may not be in the office, but I call this work. Okay. Awesome. And what is your favorite food? Depends what I'm in the mood in. You know, I like uh, a good uh, crappy cheeseburger from a hole in the wall diner. I've Mm -hmm. got a thing for cheeseburgers. And uh, then uh, I love, uh, of course, Italian food when it's done right. It may be my house, but, uh, you know, in Dallas, we don't have a whole lot of Italian food options. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm also could be in the mood for, for some Chinese food. So that, you know, I think that's what makes me who I am. And so, uh, you know, so versatile with so many different people. And I can, I have, we manage these four different, completely different businesses is, you know, we, we really try to be a jack of all trades and, and, uh, and I love, I love different food. So I don't have a favorite. Okay. No worries. I'll take that. JP, thank you so, so much for coming onto the show. I think you're doing amazing, amazing work out there. I want to send you warm wishes and blessings your way. Thank you so, so much for coming on and sharing your journey with all the immigrants out there. And I hope to connect with you sometime in the future. Well, I think Jay Parr is going to plant the flag in California soon. So if we do, I'll hit you up. So honored to talk to you. Thank you, Alina. Appreciate the time. Thanks a lot. Alrighty guys, so there you have it. I hope you got to learn something exciting and awesome for your journey as well. If you're listening to this podcast and you're an immigrant entrepreneur and would love to be on my show, please email me at hello at alinawarwick.com. I'd be happy to have you on my show. You are part of America's great success.